0: You're going to need grace in the days ahead. You're going to need to understand what grace is, where it comes from, what it does. We're living in a time right now, and you'll hear that phrase thousands of times all over the church world today. We're living in a time. Just a common phrase by preachers, but we are living in a time that we've never lived in before. You can see it. Just turn on the news and you'll see it. How many of you know the end days are only two days, really? When Jesus came on the fourth day, it began the last days. And there's two of those days. And on the third day after Jesus came and did what he did, and there's two days, you know, the truth, the, the reality found of that in the scriptures, I taught it Friday morning that a thousand years with man is but a day to God. And there's only two days after Jesus has come, and we're getting close to entering into that third day. The prophet Hosea said after two days, he will revive us, and we will live with him on the third day. Now there's two great truths to that scripture prophesied by Hosea. And the first one is what Jesus literally did by dying, and on the third day, after two days, and on the third day, he was raised to life, resurrected. But it's also prophetically spoken by Hosea the prophet concerning Israel that after two days, these last two days, before the day of the Lord comes, they're called the last days, the last two days. That's all there is. Because the day of the Lord mentioned in the Bible is referring to the thousand year reign of Christ when he will come and initiate that by judging the nations. And then he will rule the nations from his throne in Jerusalem. And that one thousand year period is the day of the Lord. Because a thousand years with man is but a day to God. But we're and we see by what's going on right now in our world, what's going on in our world right now against the nation of Israel. That's never going away now. That's not going to waddle back down into the shadows ever again. Amen. We're in a time right now because we're at the end. We're at the we're at the, end. the last days are not coming, my friend. The, we've already been through the last days. We're here at the very, very, very end of what the Bible calls the last days. We're at the end of that. All the things you read about that would come and happen in the last days, it, we've, the church has already been through all that, for the most part, ignorant of how to live for God. Think about it. The, the Bibles weren't even printed uh, until sometime, less than 500 years ago. Less than 500 years ago. There were no Bibles. And there were what we call, as you look back at history, the dark ages when there were nothing but a priest here and there every once in a while. And they had a, a, the word of God written in Latin that they couldn't even read, they couldn't even understand, so they just led the people through superstition for the most part. And then there was a man named Martin Luther, 506 or seven years ago. That's, what really, that's why the devil turned Reformation Day that we should have been remembering what God did into something man calls Halloween. Same day. The day that God stirred Martin Luther's heart, showed him in the word that we're not justified by all the things we do. We're justified by faith alone. And it caused no small stir. A
1: ruckus
0: got him kicked out, run off. And that's always what's going to happen when the focus is what Jesus did to justify man at Calvary. Most people are not going to accept that, especially the religious world. And we're living in a time, let me say it again to make sure you understand this morning where we are, and I hope you would. What's going on in the fight, the push, the hatred toward Israel is never going to sink back down in the shadows again. That's here to stay. That's here to stay. And here's the bad part. It's just the avenue that they're coming for you. They're coming for you. Because, see, it's not just Israel. It's everything that God has offered to his people through Israel, which is the Word of God, the living Word of God, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. All of that came through Israel. And I've told you before and I hope you, that you do understand it. I hope you know it and you understand it and I hope you don't say, well, I don't know about all that. The reason, all the reasons you'll hear is why the world hates Israel. It's all a lie. And there may be some factual things about it but the reason the world hates Israel is because of this. If Israel is who they claim they are, then that means this book is right their God is real, and everything we thought we were serving, some Buddha, Allah, Confucius, all the other made-up, they ain't nothing but satanic. That's all they are. That's all they are. If Israel is the people of God, and let me remind you, this Bible we claim we believe is the Word of God calls them the Father's beloved even now. They are the Father's beloved. They are the natural branches that will once again be grafted back into the true vine. That's what your Bible says. amen. Yes. amen. The reason they hate Israel is because Israel is the only nation as a nation that's who they are because of the one true God. Amen. And the things that are happening to them It's only going to eventually, soon, I believe, begin to happen to the church. Persecution's coming. Most Christians are going home to get under the bed when it does. Only those who God has raised up to stand in this great truth of Calvary, they'll be the ones that will be able to endure the hardness, endure the persecution, endure, endure. You must must prepare yourself. And how you prepare yourself is learning the Word of God in the context of the living Word of God and what He did as the Lamb of God. If that's not your embracing for what's coming, then you're not going to make it. Don't care how churchy we are. Don't care what we do in the church if we're not embracing the Word of God in the context of the living Word of God and, and what He did as the Lamb of God and how that applies to me now for more than a place in heaven. I said, how that applies to me now, now, on this day, this fifth day of November, how that applies to me today, then we're going to be in big trouble in the days ahead. Because our doors will eventually be shut. It will eventually become illegal in this nation if the Lord tarries for the church to come together and to do what we're doing this morning. This is not just a great dislike against Israel. This is a hatred that wants a people to be no more. And the hatred against the church is going to be the same. And if you're not prepared, you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Amen. So these messages that the Lord gives us here, they are for your equipping and your preparing. I've told you many times when I was in the Marine Corps, we were preparing months and months ahead of time to go to Norway for cold weather exercises in Norway in February. In Norway. If you don't know what that's like in the winter, look it on YouTube. You won't see nothing but white. That's all you're going to see, cold. And months and months we were being prepared for what would happen there. And there's always those folks who were in the class listening, but they weren't listening. They said, we got this, man. We we from up north. We, you know, you southern fellows, y'all need to pay attention. We got the cold weather. Well, they're the ones that didn't pay attention. Many in the church are not paying attention today. Thousands upon thousands sit in churches. Most of the time there's no proper equipping coming from this place. And where it even is, many sit in there for wrong purposes, wrong reasonings. But those fellas, every day there were new Marines flying from the mountains back out to the ships with frostbite, not where they just sprayed it and it got better. They lost their toes, they lost their fingers because they didn't pay attention when they were being taught. We come to church here at Crossway Church. I don't know about everybody else. I ain't out there with them. But we come to this church to praise God and worship God and to be equipped with what we need when we leave this church. We, we should get big signs put above the, at the exit doors that say, you are now entering the mission field. Because you are soldiers in the body of Christ. called that by Jesus.
1: Hallelujah.
0: And this is a church where all the churches that God has raised up. Cross preaching churches. Determined churches. Yes, hallelujah. Are churches that He it allows him to equip the people of God. So they don't have to keep going through the same old mess every day. So they can learn that they are the problem. And Jesus and what he did at Calvary is God's only offering of the answer. And we can come and be equipped. We can come and go home different and be more ready for whatever's coming. Fox News ain't going to equip you. CNN show ain't going to equip you. Except with a lie. The Word of God is where you're equipped or you're not being equipped. Amen. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. I don't want to get into any graphics this morning because I'm not here to bring fear, the fear of man into your heart. But I'm telling you, folks, there's things coming. God's been trying to tell you for years. Most hadn't been listening. There's things coming that's going to just be so unreal and, 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 and so oppressive and so awful that unless you know this truth, not just be able to quote a Bible verse, unless you know the truth of Christ and Him crucified and your place with Him in that death. For your actual living now. It's not going to be good for you. It's not going to be good for you. And it's no accident that you're in a cross preaching church. It's no accident that you watch a cross preaching church. Because it's not about the preacher or anything else except the equipping for The saints equipping so that when you leave, you're ready. For when you go to work Monday morning and this happens, you've got what you need, and you're aware of it. you always have what you need. But most Christians don't know what they got. And this church has always been about equipping and preparing the saints. For the Lord's coming, mainly, yes. so that your heart can be full of joy and you're not shamed when you see Him. Amen. Most church don't even know that that, that possibility is there. Yes. But so that you can be equipped. In the classroom, in the marketplace, on the job, wherever you are. You, you don't have to fall prey to peer pressure, young people. You, you, you don't have to live like they do because they don't have what you have. Even if they're saved, they don't have what you have because you have the Holy Spirit literally equipping you with the truth of the gospel. yes we're not better than anybody, but we are surely better equipped than most. Yes. And that's God's intention, that you be equipped, ready. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son, Paul's writing to Timothy, calling him his son, he means in the faith, be strong in the grace of, That is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you've heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit you to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Amen. Amen. You therefore, Timothy, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars. What he's saying here is no man that's going to experience the truth, the reality of being the good soldier is going to entangle himself with the affairs of this life doesn't mean that we don't have affairs. It means that we don't entangle ourselves in these affairs. Because if we do, then we can't please him who's chosen us to be a soldier. We have to work. We have to tend to our families. We have to do many things. But there is an entanglement in that that comes if we're not careful and we'll find ourselves occupying our time in all of that instead of being the good soldier and enduring hardness. Are we so occupied with our personal lives and personal blessings that we can't find ourselves... In the Word. For when I say verbally, I don't have time, or God forbid I say it, I just live my life and show God that I don't have time for His Word, that's only because I'm making time for something else more important. Now I'm preaching this morning a little bit. Most, for the most part, I'm a teacher. But I will preach if I need to Preach. You must occupy your time in the things of the Lord. Because your family ain't going to be able to pull you through hard times. You've got to endure hard times. All by yourself. We'll be here for you. We'll be here with you. We'll all be here. But we all individually, individually, I got to endure hard times. I got to endure the hardness. And if I'm all caught up in all of what I'm calling the blessings and the Lord's real good about taking things away from us because we claiming all this, that and the other, I'm a good soldier and I love the Lord but I ain't got time for him he'll he'll pull stuff away from you just so you can make time for him he'll take that and take that and you'll be rebuking the devil and he'll be saying to you have you got time for me now then he'll take something else and you'll be rebuking the devil and some lying preacher will be telling you that's all because of your faith brother just keep on going and the Lord will say, have you got time for me now? Have you got time for me now? If you don't believe this is true, then just look back at Israel and look at how God dealt with Israel. When they wouldn't give him the time of day, he'd turn them over to other nations. And the other nations he would use to come and discipline, punish them. Make no mistake about it, after he got through, he'd always go and, he would always go and punish the ones he even used to punish his people. And that's coming too. But we're told here in the Word to be strong. And I'm not going to have much time this morning to bring out everything that I could bring out. But I'm going to bring out what I can. The first verse there tells us that we're to be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. You know you're not strong just because you're in Christ. You've got to find the grace that's in Him to be strong. You do understand that right. You're not strong in Christ. But you can be strong in the grace that's in Christ. You're not strong in Him. Boy, it's quiet up in here now! Y'all act like y'all ain't heard me teach this before. You're not strong in Christ. But you can be strong in the grace. In the grace that's in Christ. Most of the church, just like me, till some months ago, maybe a year ago, well, I'm strong in him. Hallelujah. No, that ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says you're weak in him. Weak. You want to see that, don't you? Okay, let's go look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Josiah, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. For though he was talking about Jesus, for though he was crucified through weakness, Jesus was crucified through weakness. You know why? So he could taste death by the grace of God for all men. Amen. See, the grace of God is God's strength being made perfect in man's weakness. So Jesus had to be crucified through weakness so he could taste to that death for all men, that power of God being made perfect, that strength of God being made perfect enough to save you if you'll believe in Him. See, that's where all the strength of God is found in the grace that Jesus tasted death by. No other place. No other place. God don't give grace because I go and do something. God gives grace because I'm believing something. The one something that Jesus did for me at Calvary where he tasted death by the grace of God and God's strength was made perfect in him in his weakness then my faith in him let's keep reading remember that my faith in him now let's read yet he lives by the power of God for we also are weak in him oh my I remember the first time I saw that I was like what? I might need to get me another translation. <laughs> I ain't weak in Christ. I'm mighty in Him. I'm strong in Him. But that's not what the Bible says. That's right. The Bible says that I'm weak in Him. Yeah. You, you know this is a great confirmation for those who have ears to hear and have spirit-taught hearts this morning. This is a great confirmation and proof of what in Him means. Because through weakness he tasted death for us at Calvary. Yes, yes. Through weakness he was crucified. My faith in his death puts me into the very weakness he experienced. Amen. But it gets me the very power of God, the strength of God made perfect in my weakness. Yeah. See, when I enter into Christ, I'm still weak in him. Yeah. But if I'll find the grace That's in Him. That's where I find my strength. Look at it again. For though He was crucified through weakness, yet He lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in Him, but we shall live with Him by the power of God toward you. This scripture reveals to us why the church don't want to hear about the cross all the time. Because we don't like thinking that we're weak. But we are weak in Christ. My Bible tells me so. I'm weak in Him. Because when I was immersed into His death, I was immersed into His very weakness. You don't understand that. I was immersed into his weakness so that when Christ would live by the power of God, I would be able to be saved through faith in that by that grace he tasted death for. And now I also can find that grace that's in him. There's a lot of things in Christ that you may not be experiencing that are in Christ. One of them you've got to be experiencing is grace. If you're not experiencing the grace of God, you're weak. You're weak. We're all weak in Him until we find the grace of God that's in Him, and that's the grace He tasted death by. It's no other grace. You say, "Well, preacher, you got grace to preach and teach, and I've got grace to do this," and that's true but it's got to come from Calvary. Yeah. Or it's just vain imagination. Some people are just gifted at what they do, and, 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 and a lot of times it ain't got a thing to do with grace. They can just sing like nobody's business. They can just talk like nobody's business. They could be a car salesman. It wouldn't matter. they do good at that too. But some of them, instead of going out and selling, tars, they up here trying to tell somebody about something in the Bible, but they ain't preaching the cross. Some gifted people, we're all gifted, as I said Wednesday night, in various ways. My son Noah can do math that's unbelievable. Ah, man, I can barely get by adding. I ain't being funny. Don't put more than three numbers on one line, I'm in trouble. We're all gifted. We were gifted with those giftings before we were ever born. But that doesn't mean that we'll function in them by the grace of God. Amen. Somebody said, "Amen." Doesn't mean just because you got a gift and you and you and you functioning in your gift that that's the grace. By golly, that's the grace of God. Just look at that. No, it's God sees whether it's grace or not because grace is something that takes place in the heart. And we only look upon the outward. God looks upon the heart. Amen. So let's read this again. I hope you'd highlight this in your Bibles. For though he was crucified through weakness, and he was, wasn't he? He looked like the weakest thing. My goodness, look at it. Just hanging there. Even one of the thieves on the cross said, If you are who you say you are, get us out of this mess. That's what he said. The other one finally got a revelation, believed on Jesus, and said, Shut up! (laughs) We the ones deserve to be here, not him. Remember me when you come into your kingdom, Lord. But he was hanging there, weak, weak. What a weakling! what a weakling man, he called people out of graves he fed thousands with a couple of handfuls of food he had that kind of power why in the world man, if he was of God then obviously he's being stricken by God now and that's what Isaiah said men would look upon him and say he's stricken by God Now, God took his power God didn't take his power Jesus said, You can't take my life. I have the power to lay it down. And to take it up again because I have this commandment of my Father. I won't say it till I pass through this journey. That was the greatest manifestation of power. What happened at the cross is a greater manifestation of power than what will happen in the great tribulation. It matters not what men see with their eyes in the natural. The greatest power of God is held is a treasure for those who can see in the spirit.. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. yes. Well, He's got power. look at him, No. God has the power. Jesus said he got all power. All oh, that means there ain't no power that he's not controlling. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he lives now by the power of God. See, this is a great revelation of what happens at Calvary. This is a great revelation of when you're trusting in Calvary and you as a good soldier are having to endure hardness. You know that you're going to come out on the other side right and proper because you're living by the power of God. In the midst of what what's making you look like you're weak and you're not gonna make it and, and, and this this cross stuff ain't working, but you know it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know it is because it's what God chose to use yes. to yes. save and to deliver and to heal and to guide yeah. Yeah. and to empower. He's not chosen anything else. We also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Now back to 2 Timothy 2, verse 1. Let's look at this verse a little differently this time, hopefully. You therefore, my son, Paul writing to Timothy, be strong, not in Christ Jesus, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. See, you've got to live by grace. You've got to live by grace. Paul is begging God, take this thorn away from me. By the way, the very thorn that God gave him. Somebody say amen. 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 Paul would write and tell us, God gave me that thorn. So I wouldn't think more highly of myself receiving all these revelations I was receiving. You, you, man, if you receiving revelation, God gonna help you along the way by not thinking that you just thinking all this stuff up yourself. <laughs> he gonna help. He's gonna help in the process to keep you from puffing up. <laughs> yeah all that down
1: up here now.
0: She said, you ain't the first one thought of it. We have a little ongoing joke. I'll I'll come, I I shouldn't even say that. I'll have this thought and it'll be grand. Scriptural I'm talking about. And sometimes just other stupid stuff. And I'll say, in a joking manner. I used to didn't joke, but she done chopped me down to my size.
1: Sometimes
0: I'll say, I'm first one to ever think of that, I bet. She'd say, no, nah,
1: you ain't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we like to think we first one to ever think. i have talked about who we are. Y'all don't look at me like you ain't in the same boat I'm in. Mean. We like to think, I, I'm the first one to ever think that. That's true. <laughs> I promise you, more likely, you're not. You're not. <laughs> but you can't, be, you can't be strong if, you know, if, if you're not in grace. Yes, yes. See, it's one thing to be in Christ. It's another thing now that you're in Christ to be found in the grace that's in Christ. Hallelujah. See, God's desire is to give you more grace, to multiply his grace yes. so that you can experience the strength that's only found in his grace. That's only found, by the way, in Christ. And back to Paul, Paul says, Lord, take the thorn from me. Ask him three times. And the third time, the Lord said, My grace is sufficient for you. And then he defines it for him. He defines what that means for Paul. When he says, my grace is sufficient for you, he says, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So I hope you would leave here today with a, a new concept, if you didn't already have it, that in your weakness is the only place God's strength can be made perfect. Well, I'm just weak. I wish God would make me stronger. God's not trying to make you stronger. He's trying to make you weaker. Weaker. Uh He's trying to just really get us to realize how weak we really are so we'll trust in the grace of God that's found in the death of Jesus so that His strength. Not going to be something I can walk around puffed up about. See, that's where he gets the glory in my weakness. That's why I've got to learn about grace. Here in this house, years ago, we began to teach on grace, that grace is not just a word just floating around, that grace is what uh, God gives in the giving of himself to do something in your life if he finds proper biblical faith. It requires faith in the sacrifice for you to get grace to do anything if it's of the Lord. Now let me go back and say again, if you can do this well or if you can do that Well, good for you, but that don't mean you're doing it by the grace of God. If it's by the grace of God, it'll bring with it the testimony of Jesus Christ and what He did, which is the work in death at Calvary for you to even be able doing what you're doing. That's why I boast in my God in raising up ministries all over the world now who's determined not to know anything but where the power and the strength of God comes from made perfect in our lives, which is the death, the cross of Christ. God. Amen. Yes, Be strong in the grace. Folk didn't like it last week when I said uh, uh, that you, you don't have to ask for strength. It's okay if you do, but when you ask God for strength, He's gonna point you to Calvary so you can learn where it comes from. He, you're just asking God for strength. What you know? Just think about this: when you ask God for strength, what is it you're really wanting to see strengthened? Because. He do not strengthen the outer man for spiritual purposes. It's not that he won't strengthen this old flesh sometimes, but not for spiritual. He strengthens with might the inner man. This outer man's perishing. You've already been told. Get used to it. Me and Brother Don was talking about that before church this morning out in office. I was telling him when I was 30. Those dumpsters that are that high that you can drive a fork under and take out the pick up, they got there and dump in the big dumpster. When I was 30, I could stand right... Some of y'all are going to think I'm lying, but my pains bear witness now. <laughs> when I was 30, those dumpsters that high, I could stand beside it, squat down, jump straight up, and land on top of it. When I was 30. Now I'm paying for it now. And we're aging, and this outer man is perishing, but the inner man is being renewed day by day. You've got to learn to live by the grace of God. Nobody is except those who are trusting in the very object where that grace comes from. And let me say it again. You don't have to ask God for strength. He endured the cross for the joy that was... Uh, uh, that was set before him the joy of the Lord is your strength it's okay though if you ask the Lord Lord strengthen me well if he does it's going to be by showing you Calvary we have a bad tendency as the last days church that's really so fleshly we can wake up and feel good on a good day and, and just call that a spiritual movement The next day we can wake up and feel like, man, I feel like I've been beat down. God must not be doing much today. No, he can do more in that than he could the day before. He can do more in your weakness than he can in the day you think. That's just biblical truth. God's not looking for strong people. He's looking for weak people that he can make strong in the grace of his son. Well, if I just had more strength, I could love more. If I just had more strength, if you'd make me stronger, God, I could treat my wife better. He's not trying to make you stronger. He's trying to see how weak you are so that you'll trust in what he did at Calvary in his son so that you can find his strength there in your weakness. We men like think, Well, I got to be a man. I got to be the man. If you want to be the man, God's called you to be. You humble yourself and love your wife like he loved Amen. the church and gave himself for it. Amen. Amen. Ain't, no, ain't, ain't no properly functioning Christian family unless the man has his faith anchored in the sacrifice of Christ. I don't care how much they go to church or what they do there. The man got to be anchored in the cross. And there, he can function as the God-called husband and the good soldier. Amen? All right. You're not strong in Christ, but you can be strong in the grace that's in Christ. I'm just quoting Bible to you. I know some Christians sit by and say, Well, you ain't got to be all technical like that, brother. It's okay to say we're strong in Christ. No, it ain't because the Bible don't. That's where we start getting off track. When we say, well, it's okay to say you're strong in Christ. You, you can just leave out the grace part, then you ain't going to experience what it means to be strong in Christ. And this is why we can't get up and preach or teach the Word of God without bringing the truth of God's redemption into it. Because if you do, you're leaving the place of power, it ain't there. It's not there. I don't care how well we can get up and teach Romans chapter 6. It don't matter if you leave that message and you go here preach somewhere different in the Bible and you don't bring the power of the cross and the blood and the very death into that message. You ain't leaving with nothing. You're not leaving with nothing. Except maybe a greater awareness of what the Bible says on paper. I need the living Word of God living in and through me as the living Word of God. Hmm. Let's read Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 3. we got about 12, 13 minutes. Maybe an hour and 13 minutes. Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 3. This is talking about us now. Therefore being justified by faith. Everybody say, that's me. me. I've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We already have it, amen? I said we already have it. If you missed Wednesday night's message, please go listen to it. Quit begging God for stuff you already have. Get in the Word. Find out what you already got. That way you'll quit being a beggar. The Bible says, I ain't seen the righteous begging for bread. Amen. We're not beggars. We're the children of God. We've been set at a table where it's full with everything we need. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through... Everybody say through. Through. You don't just have it. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning what he did at Calvary. That's the way through which God gives us this justification status. By whom Christ also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also knowing, everybody say knowing knowing, that tribulation works patience. See, if you're, listen, if you're experiencing the grace of God in Christ Jesus, when tribulations come, you're going to rejoice. Yeah, praise God. It's quiet up in the church house when you start talking about this. This is what grace does. In your tribulation, you're being tried. Amen. You're going to glory in tribulation. It's, it's high time the church wake up and quit having to get beat down and dragged through everything, oppressed, because even the lost world going to go through stuff. I said they going to go through it. It's how you come out the other side that makes the difference. We're all going to go through stuff in the days ahead, but that don't mean we all going to grow through it. It don't mean we all going to be glorying through it. But those who know that tribulations work in patience, and I'm not going to get off in the further verses here and teach on this, but this is all we need this morning. We glory in tribulations also because this access by faith into this grace is wherein we can stand. We're not standing if we're not standing in grace. We're not standing if we're not standing in grace. Amen. We're called to stand as a good soldier. your stand. When God began this church back eight over 18 years ago, it was a time when he brought the focus of the message of the cross into our community. And now, because the Lord has put us here with the focus and the truth of the cross of Christ, which is the power of God to us who are saved, by the way, now many people have had to go ask their preachers, I heard you say... Uh, this morning that, but the Bible says that. Now there's been a lot of that since the message of the cross has come on the scene. There's been a lot of that and it's needed because most of what goes on in the church today is not the grace of God because it's without the focus of Calvary. God's grace is not just floating around. God's grace is not going to happen unless the heart's touching Calvary. God's grace not going to happen unless the heart's touching Calvary. You can call whatever you want to go look back in your life and call grace and don't come up to me after church and get, try to give me a lesson because I'm like them better boys from Mississippi. I ain't going to listen. Unless the heart's touching Calvary, you're not getting grace. The proof of that is you couldn't be saved by grace until the heart yielded to that truth. Amen. And you can't walk and live in grace by grace unless your heart keeps touching the Amen. sacrifice.
1: Amen. Well, how
0: come the church don't know this? Because they don't want to. That's it. Jesus,
1: Jesus. Almighty
0: God. We've called too many things God that wasn't God. And the church is doing it almost everywhere even as we speak this morning. Let's read this again. Verse 1. Therefore, being justified. You've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access. We have access. We've been justified and now we also have access. This is not talking just about initial entrance into this grace because the Bible surely teaches that you don't have to walk in Christ just because you are in Christ. You don't have to live saved just because you are saved. Just because you are a good soldier in Christ does not mean that you have to pay attention and be equipped as a good soldier and prepared for the warfare that you're surrounded by every day. You do not have to, but you should be desiring to. You do not have to receive the grace of God. And when the church long ago stopped focusing on the cross, then they opted out of true grace. True grace. Because the grace of God is what God does in your life. The grace of God is what God does in your life. And you might say, well, no, it's what we do by the Spirit of God. Well, who's the Spirit of God? It's God. The grace of God is even called in the Bible the Spirit of Grace. It's one of the names of the Holy Spirit. Grace is not just a word. It's not just some force or power. It is God. You're saved by grace. Who saved you? God. You're taught by grace. Who's teaching you? God, Paul said we labor by grace. Where's the labor coming? It's God working in you. Amen. Amen. If it's grace, it's God. Amen. And if it's God and it's grace, it's because the heart's touching power. Amen. And I know we're tempted. Listen to me this morning. We're tempted in this great last days move of God among the church. To think, well, if this what you're preaching is right, how come everybody ain't flocking to it? That's right. The question, the main question, is why'd you come to it?
1: Because
0: the devil and our flesh will team up and try to make us think that we don't really need to be focused on the cross. There's more than the cross, they'll say. But when we start saying that and thinking along those lines, grace is going out the window. God is not pleased with the church today. How can you say that, brother? Because I got a Bible i got stories in my Bible about New Testament church where the Lord showed up and put a man and a woman that were husband and wife to death. Ananias and Sapphira. Who you think put them to death in the New Testament? i got a Bible that shows me when Peter jumped in a boat of hypocrisy, God wasn't pleased with it, and had to bring the word back to the focus of what Jesus did at Calvary to justify us. God's not pleased with a church that's not focused on the cross. The devil will do everything, everything he can to get your flesh to think that the cross is not all you really need, but it's all God's really provided. And it doesn't appear to the world that that's the way we ought to go. It doesn't even appear to most of what's called the church today that that's the way we have to go. But it's the only way we can go and be equipped as good soldiers. Those who are not hearing this truth, they're not being equipped. They're not being equipped. You can't be equipped without the truth of the gospel. It can't happen. And again, the devil in the days ahead, and he's going to do it even worse in the days ahead. It's happening over the last 25 years. People who come in with a fire, and then the devil's lies, and the lack of money, or the lack of people in a church, or the lack of friendship, the lack of relationships broken. The devil will use anything he can to try to make you think, you don't need to be hearing about the cross all the time. It's the only thing you'll be able to it's the only avenue through which the hearing of faith can come. Yes. You you there's some stuff coming, my friend. I'm not saying this to scare you. As Brother Don said earlier this morning, receiving the offering, we may not be in a place like this. Question is, if you can't come to a place like that, is is that gonna knock you out of what you got with Jesus? That's right. There there are hundreds of thousands every Sunday morning that won't would, listen, wouldn't go to a church if the music wasn't in there. That's right. Hundreds of thousands of people. If God if there was just no way of having any music anymore. People not going, most of them. Very, I've said it for many, many years. Very few of God's people want to hear the truth today. Amen. And even in that number that do, they find out eventually that to keep hearing it, they have to keep allowing him to impart it. Changing me, not me worried about it. if you're changing at the speed, I think you ought to change. I've got to be being changed by this truth of Calvary. If I'm going to make it to the end, if I'm going to endure to the end, I've got to begin to value what my God did at Calvary in a greater degree than I ever have.
1: Amen. Yes, amen. Thank you, Lord.
0: The reason we struggle in every area we struggle in is because we're not valuing the blood like God does. Amen. God saw the blood was enough to justify every lost heathen. God saw the death of Jesus was enough to deliver you today from everything hindering you. God saw the blood and the death of Jesus enough to take the power away from the devil of death. Every struggle that we have, the outcome of that struggle will depend on what we do with the cross. Not if we go to church. Not if we do what we do with the cross. I've said it many times. The real struggle in our lives is not what appears to be there. That is a problem, whatever that is. And it's causing me issues. But deeper than that, there's something that's the real issue. And it's what I'm doing or not doing with the cross.
1: Amen. Yes, yes Lord.
0: There's no need to run and hide and put your head in the ground because the same problems you've got now are going to be in the ground with your head. There's no need to run and get in a cave when you could be. The Bible said, quit trying to use uh, uh, Elijah by himself. And that's just you, preacher. You get up right there and do that. We go into the cave. No, the Bible, New Testament says, don't let your light be under a bushel basket. Amen? Your light got to shine. And the only way your light can shine is if it's shining all the way from heaven through the blood of Jesus onto your heart. Amen. If it's not that, then it's just our church or our preacher or our denomination or the legacy of a name or something. But when it's the cross, the power is there. When it's the cross, the power is there. But I feel weak. That's because God can't work through your strength. He's got to work only through your weakness. I'm weak. I'm weak. Good. but you can be strong in the grace. You right. see, if it's, if it's strength in grace, then that means that's what the Lord's doing. Yeah, yeah. It's got his name stamped on it, not Curtis. Yes, right.
1: Hallelujah. Yes, Lord.
0: See, that's what grace does. It stamps the name of Jesus on it, not my denomination, not my preacher. Not, not, no, it stamps the name of Jesus on yes, it. Lord. Yes, Amen. Be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. It's there for you. Same place you are. It's there. But you got to grab hold of it. you got to lay hold of it. How do I do it? Just keep yielding that heart. I believe Jesus. I believe you died for me. I believe it. I'm not just speaking words. And Lord, I not only believe you died for me, I believe that was the place of my death. My trying to make a place for me, my name great, me be, have all the gold and silver, that ended in your death. Your death became my death, and I'm a new creation now, and I'm here to support your purpose in this world, which is expressing your Son. Hallelujah! Yes, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Get rid of your bucket list.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Get
0: rid of your bucket list. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: We'll lose four or five people over that. Get rid of your bucket list. God ain't interested in your bucket list. I'm preaching this morning. Get rid of your bucket list. It's okay to go to the mountains. I've been there. I hope we get to go back one day. But I really don't have a bucket list. People ask me, what would you like to do before you die? Well, I don't know. Somebody's horn going off out there. You're playing with your keys in here. It went off. Everybody good this morning? I love you. I love you. This ain't no money preaching, money making church. This is gospel church. When you go home, I want you to have gone home with something in your heart. Something that you'll go home and say, I, I, I think I need to look at that again. Yes,
1: amen.
0: I need to I need to see that again with my own eyes, Lord. I need you now. Just me and you now. I saw not a room full of people, not to, just me and you, Lord. Not to preach, just me and you. I need you to put that in me. Yes, I need Lord. I need this truth. I heard I need it in me. I, I said amen in the congregation. I, I, I was all for it. I agreed with it, but now Lord, I need it in me.
1: Amen.
0: See that, that ain't good enough, that first part. Amen, brother. No, I need this in me. I need to send me to the degree that I can tell somebody else now. Yes. They're going to get mad when you do, but that's, that don't matter. Like Angel oh, Peace and CD, that song, planted yeah. D, you need to sing that pretty soon. Yeah. I listen to it all the time. Amen. Many come, many go. But that ain't got nothing to do with you. You just keep telling it. Amen. Amen. A lot of folk go to church and they'll say, that was a good day. I leave it. By the time Wednesday night comes, what do you preach on it? If you remember what your teacher is teaching you in school, young people, you need to remember what the preacher is preaching to you on Sunday morning. Amen. Amen. Again, I'm going to say it before I get, let you stand up this morning. You can sit here and agree with it in your head, and you can agree with it. That's right, everybody. Amen. But you need to go home. You need to say, Lord, I need that in me. Yes. Hallelujah. I need to know this. I don't need to say I know it. I need to know this. My feet need to be in this. I need this living in me. I can be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who will strengthen me. Hallelujah. If I I can't, not by quoting that verse, if I know I got to find the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And that's always only one avenue. My heart believing, touching, yielded to His death for me and my death with Him. Amy, yes, would you stand Lord. with me this morning? Yes,
1: Lord.